It's mailbag time. We're going to talk about expectations for the 2022 season. We'll get into my favorite position. Some people had a question about that. We'll get into the women's NIT game. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you, all of you, who have made Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So this is our third, probably our third mailbag segment we've done. Every Friday from now on out, we're going to be doing mailbags. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I had a question I didn't know about this. Hit me up on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can DM me questions. You can at me at questions. That doesn't matter. Um, If you're shy, you can just send them in my direct messages. You can hit me up on email at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. If you're on our Discord channel for our premium users, wherever you want to get me questions, that's fine. You can get them to me all week long. I kind of tag them and keep them going for the week. Um, But we're going to start answering some questions, and uh, some of people had some really good ones, and I want to get into those. So one of our Discord users asked, what is your assessment of Kanye Jones of the basketball team? He looked outmatched on the court to me. I mean, did he look outmatched? He just looked raw to me. Like, he didn't look like a guy that was ready to play. And you get freshmen sometimes that come in that just need a little bit of, you know, polishing up and and to figure out what they're going to do on that team. He just kind of seemed like a body at times like he wasn't a good like a particularly effective shooter he wasn't a very effective defender uh he got into foul trouble which is all stuff that like you know under the radar diamond in the rough freshmen do and that's exactly what it was remember kanye west came to boston kanye west kanye jones came to boston college as like a very late recruit in this in this uh in this class. So I didn't expect a whole lot out of him and Boston college had zero bench. So, or like a very, very short bench. So they needed to get him out there and give him minutes. I mean, preferably he's a guy that at this point you would want just in garbage time, but near the end of the season, when the bench got shorter, he had to get out there and play a little bit. Um, What he'll do next year. I mean, it's all about his development, right? You want to see if he can get find his off- offense, if they can kind of get him into the defensive scheme and find a role. I don't see him as a starter next year. You know, you're going to roll out most likely uh, Quinton Post, you know, um, De- DeMar Langford, Jaden Zachary, and either in uh, TJ Bickerstaff most likely, and then probably one of the freshmen like Donald Hand or or Prince Oligby out there or, or our transfer too. I mean, they could roll out any of those guys and maybe not even start Bickerstaff depending on how – his offense comes along because that was a bit of an issue too. So I think Jones is going to always be a, a, a bench player unless he takes a huge jump. And I, I, I don't, I just don't see it. Cause like, I don't see him doing anything super duper well yet. Like he doesn't have like a skill set that's like, Oh, you know, he's a really good shooter. He's just terrible on defense. He's just there right now. And nothing has developed to the point where I'm like, Oh wow, he's good at this. So I, you know, I think we'll have to wait and see with him. He's a developmental player, and you know, sometimes they do develop into something useful for your team. Sometimes they don't, and it's early, and there's plenty of time for him to find his niche on this team. But thank you for asking that question. I had a user on email ask me a question that I wanted to be remained anonymous, and I, I'll respect that. 
Um, I, yesterday on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC, I did a shout out to an old post I did back when I was a writer for BC Interruption, uh, part of the SB Nation. When I first started with BC Interruption, I did this like summer project where I did the ultimate Boston College bar pro, um, ultimate bar bracket call, um, contest. And it, it made me think of it because of obviously there's all these brackets going on right now, whether it's the NCAA or people just doing silly ones, right? Well, that, this was a silly one I did over the summer. And I put, I think, 10 to 12 um, BC bars. And I did it based off rankings. And I looked at it and it came up it was just depressing to look at because so many of them are gone. You know, Rogies, um, the uh, Great Scott, obviously Mary Ann's is gone. Golden Temple, I don't think is there anymore. Uh, Avenue, Whitehorse, uh, Sunset Grill, I think mo- Antoinua. Most of these bars are gone now. Um, I I, I might have missed. I might have said one that is still there. Big City, I think, is gone too. So all these bars have left. And this user wanted to know, back in the day, uh, the winner was, I think it was Rogie's that ended up winning the whole thing. No, actually, sorry, it was not. It was Harry's Bar and Grill. Now, he wanted to know if I could do it all over again, would, would, what, bar, what bar, in my opinion, should have won that. And back then, I, I could have defended any of these bars, and I could have just been contrarian just to do it. But I'm looking at it now. Like what's the ult- the 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 purpose of this bracket was what bar was the ultimate BC bar like what what bar like do you think is of Boston College and you at that point you could have argued Rogies or Cityside but let's be honest the ultimate BC bar is and always will be well until the next group comes in and doesn't know about it Marianne's right it, it, every BC student that goes through that went through that bar that was like a coming of age place that they went to. You went there as a senior. You had those nights where you went and you played golden tea or had the drinks or whatever. And you went in the bathroom and stood, you know, cheek to cheek with the guy next to you. <laughs> I, that was the part I always hated. But that really is the ultimate BC bar. And, you know, it was a fun thing to do. And I think whatever bar, it was either Rogie's or, or Harry's that ended up winning it. I think their fan base just kind of flooded the voting and kind of pushed it. But all along, it always should have been Mary Ann's. So... Yeah, that's my choice. And it's going to be interesting for more BC fans that, I mean, BC students that go through that didn't get to experience Marianne's. What's going to be their choice? Like, is there a bar that they like that I just don't know about because I'm not there anymore? Um, I'm interested to hear that. I mean, you know, that's like the last drop. I I don't even know if that's still there. I haven't been down Brighton Center in a while. But that's my thoughts. I think Marianne's is always going to be the BC bar for at least this generation backwards. Now, in a moment, we have two more questions about football and basketball that you're going to want to hear about. They're not as silly. Well, maybe one of them is. And you'll want to hear my thoughts on that in just a moment. Now, this is the time of the year where I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. And have you tried the Puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars, best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're 100% covered in chocolate. They have some delicious flavors, including churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie, they are so good. And they're 100% covered in chocolate, and they are better than anything you can find on, on, on the shelves, anything. I'm telling you right now, 
I have one every day at 2.30, and it gives me the energy I need to do my work, to, to work with my family, to cook dinner. It, it's the best. It's 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Now, compare that to any candy bar, and you're you're looking good. Now, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Now, I was going to um, just give you a quick heads up. This weekend is a huge weekend in Boston College football recruiting. I have put up a bunch of stuff up on bcbulletin.com. A lot of it is behind our paywall uh, because it's premium service type stuff. It's stuff that like I've reached out to recruits. I've done some back work on it. So if you have not done so already, I encourage you to become a premium user. It's a dollar for the first month, and then it's a cup of coffee after that. You get access to all my premium articles. You get access to our premium boards on Maroon and Gold forums and our private Discord channel. Um, if you do sign up and you want to get the Discord channel, hit me a DM. Just say, hey, AJ, I signed up. Can I get the Discord link? And I'll send you right away. Discord is great. We have about 50 to 60 users on there that use it pretty actively. And I put up all sorts of little tidbits that aren't like big enough for a news article. Like, hey, I saw this, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's a great way to get some really quick BC information out to you guys. So check it out. If you like it, it's a great value. I mean, it's only like, you know, 50, 60 bucks a year for the whole year. You get all your BC news sent to you. And if you don't like it, you can cancel at any time. So check it out. Go to bcbulletin.com and hit the subscribe button in that upper right-hand corner, and I'll get you all hooked up with all the all the accoutrements that come along with it. Just going to hit me up on Twitter or on Gmail. Now, the next question came to my buddy, came to me uh, from, no, it wasn't Chris for this one. It was Pat L., who is um, also, he, this came on the Discord channel. Which team has higher expectations, BC football or basketball in 2022? Um, and what, what, who has higher expectations in 2022? I have to say it's football. I mean, BC ha basketball had a nice end of the season last year, but I mean, football, I, I imagine the expectations are to win eight, eight or nine games, which is what, like 67 to 70% of your, your games you're going to project to win it. Basketball. That would make them like a two or three seed <laughs> in basketball in, in the NCAA tournament. I just don't see that happen. I mean, that's not going to happen. Uh, so my expectations for football are well higher. I, I'm just expecting basketball to like continue to improve. If they go 500 next year, that's a step in the right direction. If BC football goes 500, that is concerning. You know what I mean? If they go six and six again, that that's concerning to me. I don't. I don't. I hope to gosh that BC football is not doing that. Um, there were some interesting comments. I'll read you a few of them. Um, Grant has showed how he can coach this past season. So far, Halfley can recruit, but his record matches his predecessor. All right, I, I am on the record for this. I am not into Halfley's record yet. This year will be the year where I will tell you, like, okay, so his record does reflect it. Last year. Again, this is my thoughts this is where I go with it. When you lose Phil Dracovic and there's no physical way you could have brought in another quarterback to replace him or have one prepped, that is not on you. And I listen there again, you had Dennis Crossell and he was a serviceable. It looked like on paper quarterback who completely um, I thought underperformed and didn't. I, I expected more out of him, but he didn't do that. You know, you didn't have enough freshmen. I mean, like the freshman quarterbacks were not ready to go, but. 
I mean, they're not blue chippers. You know, Emmett Moorhead was a uh, he's a developmental project. Same thing with all the other guys, Matt Ruiz, Dalen Matters. They're all f- a developmental guys. So I, I have a hard time, you know, judging Halfley on his record. And you know, this isn't a program like Clemson and Georgia or Alabama where they can just stash four to five quarterbacks in case one gets goes down. That doesn't. I mean, that doesn't happen here. I mean, it's not like if Stenson Bennett goes down, you have JT Daniels waiting in the wings, and then brought Fran DeGriff, who's like the number three quarterback in one class. You have a pretty precipitous drop off. So that being said, uh, if Halfley does struggle this year, if he goes six and six, yeah, heck yeah, this this is more of a pattern. This is more of a concerning thing. I again, I I have a hard time judging and 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 being critical of him. After a year where it was 2020 was a complete weird season, and then a year where your quarterback is out from like 90% of the year. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how I go. And you can think of it any way you want. That's just kind of where I'm at. Now, my final question comes from Chris, BC Eagle 88 again. This comes on uh, from Gmail. And Chris is got a joke. He, if you see him on Twitter, he, he tweets at me. A lot. Um, he's uh, the big joke right now, and I don't know if you guys think it too. Uh, is that I talk about tight ends all the time, and I get the double entendre with the tight ends. Um, and I do talk about. <laughs> I guess I do talk about the position a lot. Um, but the addition of George Takaxton definitely did not do any favors for me to get that um, preconceived notion out of everyone's head. But his question is: What is your favorite second favorite offensive position, and what is your favorite defensive position? Okay, so what I mean, I guess like okay, so if if it's not tight end, which I, I really am not that big of a tight end fan, I like good tight end play. I mean, I grew up in New England. I saw Ben Coates, um, Ben Watson, you know, Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I grew up in a lot with a lot of those guys playing. So yeah, I like that position. But I mean, on offense, you know, if if it's, if you're talking about a position I like to watch and and, and do well. I, I'm a big fan of like good offensive line play and watching an offensive line just maul a good defensive line. So it could be anyone. Like if you just like with like watching, for instance, if you watch back some of the film and the clips that scouts have put together of Zion Johnson from this past year, watch what he does. It is incredible. And like you get to and like when you're watching a game, you don't see it as much because it goes so fast and there's so much going on and your your eyes are drawn away from the offensive line. But when you go and watch like the highlight clips and you see, you know, the 12 on 12 or 11 on 11 cams put on him, you see like how athletic and how freakishly good he is. And that's fun to watch. And watching that at any level is really cool. And to see, you can see at the NFL level, watch guys like Trent Williams on the 49ers, or even like, you know, some of the freshmen going in. Like, I mean, uh, the rookies going in, like Tyler Lindenbaum. Watch some of his tape. It's crazy. Like, watching a good offensive lineman can be a lot of fun. On the defensive side of the ball, they want to know what my favorite position is is safety. I love watching good safety play. Um, a, a safety does a million different things on the field. They're the field general, they're asked to basically be an extra cornerback, be an extra linebacker. Um, a really good safety can be, um, you know, can be game changing, right? Like you think about some of these good defenses that have gone on in the NFL in the years past. You get guys like Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed, Rodney Harrison. 
Uh, these guys are, you know, fantastic players that did a million different things on those defenses. So I love watching a good defensive safety. And that's why Jaden Woodbay is like really exciting to watch. And I think like he's going to be like if, if BC is going to get a defensive player that is going to step up and really change the complexion of a defense, it could be the defensive end. A uh, hint, Donovan Azaraku, I guess, had a really good practice today. That would be really good. Uh, they really need it. Um, but it could be a player like uh, Jaden Woodby. Jaden Woodby can line up in the box. He can, you know, go into coverage. He can lay the wood. He can, you know, obviously we saw with the Georgia Tech game, he made a big interception. Game, players like that can change the complexion of a defense. So for me, safety is my choice. And then the joke, I think this was sent around the same time that UConn was playing New Mexico State in, in basketball in the, in the tournament. He wanted to know, do you also miss Aggie Vision? So for those younger folks that don't know what Aggie Vision is, Boston College played New Mexico State back in probably like 2014 or 15. And New Mexico State had this awful local broadcast that's the only way you could watch the game, and it was on ESPN uh, Network. It was called Aggie Vision. And it it was really, really bad. Like, it was really poor, produ- poorly produced. You know, they had graphics and, like, the key to the game uh, for BC, and I think this was around the time Chase Reddick was there, it was what's their key to the game, and it was huck a chuck a football and uh, the, the the camera was uh, blurry, and it seemed like it was set uh, aimed probably from, like, you know, 80 yards deep. It's, it was just so bad. Do I miss Aggie Vision? Sure. I love like quirky stuff like that. It's it's all good. Uh, so, yes, thank you for the question, Chris. So if you have questions for me, and it can be anything, if you have fun questions, if you have serious questions, I kind of weed some of them out, but if you have them, send them over to me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or email me. I mean, any social media channel that you can find me, send it to me, and I will try to answer as many of those questions as I can on next Friday's episode. Now, in our final segment, we're going to get into the NIT game between BC and Maine. You're going to hear my thoughts about that and a lot more. And thank you all for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. You know to get this wherever you get your podcast, but you also know that there's a Locked On ACC that I do every Wednesday with the great Candace Cooper. I didn't get to this week because my daughter was teething and it sounded like a hyena in my house and I just couldn't get my, I didn't want to leave my wife alone with that. So next week on Wednesdays, you can check me out on Locked On ACC. But Candace has other great hosts and talks everything about ACC sports. And she's a big kind of closet BC fan. Um, she loves Jeff Halfley and Earl Grant. So you get a good BC perspective in there too. So check out Locked On ACC wherever you get your podcasts. Now this, uh, it's time again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contest props, Bet Online is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends in action. Head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, I have some bad news. I was going to tell you the ending. Um, I was going. I was hoping to hold off to the ending of the BC main NIT game. But right now, as I'm recording this, BC starting to run away with it. It's 52-37. I was about to say halftime because that's what their graphic says, but it's after the third period. Uh, third quarter, excuse me. So BC just basically has to hold on. They've held Maine to, I think, 15 points since the first quarter. So they're really starting to lock down on defense. And Dottavia Wagner... And 
Kayla Ivy have been really the factors. They are uh, they have been uh, combining for 11 points, five uh, rebounds, one steal, and a plus 22 while they're on the court. So that's always great when you can see players that aren't Cam Schwartz and Taylor Soul really kind of taking over the game. That that again, I've I've said this all, all along with this women's team that they have some really good balance on there. Of course, you got Maria Gekdeng, who's a great defender. But when you get a couple of these other young players starting to pop up and to do some things, you can see where the team's going next year as well. Now, if BC holds on to this game and wins, they will play the winner of URI and Quinnipiac. Now, that game uh, will be played tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the Ryan Center in uh, Rhode Island. So that's a good game. I mean, Rhode Island is basically the number two team in that uh, con- uh, in the NIT. Uh, you know, they don't really do a great job with seeding. Uh, in terms of RPI, they were right behind Boston College. So that would be a really great game. But BC's going to hold- obviously hold on. Maine's got a really uh, tall task of coming back in this one. Now, uh, in terms of other news, I've talked about it on Monday that Matt Ryan might be on the trade block. And there's more buzz going on right now, and I don't know if it's true or not. So it's it's not coming from the main guys that you get news from, like you know, whether it is the Bruce Feldmans or the uh, Adam Schefters, um, you know, those types of level reporters. It's coming from like some local guys, but it sounds like Deshaun Watson might be going to Atlanta. If that happens, Matt Ryan's going somewhere else. But I've also heard that that's been disproved, so I'm not going to go with that yet. But obviously, if Atlanta's really pushing for Watson, that would mean they're going to have to move Matt Ryan. And as we talked with Mitch Wolf, the, if he ends up there, the Indianapolis Colts continue to sound like the place to go. And the Ace AFC is turning into a, a massive, massive uh, juggernaut of like some really good players uh, joining this conference. You, I mean, just in the last day. I saw Vaughn Miller join the Buffalo Bills. You had Russell Wilson join the um, Denver Broncos. You had um, A.C. Jackson join the Chargers. I mean, I could go on. I mean, Javante Adams just got traded to the to the Raiders. So there's a lot of real talent in the AFC. And if you had Matt Ryan, as a Patriots fan, I'm going, oh, my gosh, next year is going to be brutal. And I'm sure, if you, sure, sure some of you who don't care with Patriots like going, nice. But – um, it's just interesting to see all this movement going around and, and seeing that Matt Ryan might be one of those pieces that falls or, or, or changes, you know, changes location if the, a certain domino falls. And we'll wait to see what happens with Deshaun Watson. And our final news goes to basketball. And this is not to, like, stir anything up. Just thought it was really cool that Ed Cooley and Providence won on um, Thursday in the opening round of the NCAA tournament, uh, dropping South Dakota State, who... Again, I had that as a I had that as a uh, upset pick. I was hoping South Dakota State would win that one, but they didn't. But Ed Cooley, you know, obviously a former Boston College, um, uh, you know, assistant coach under Al Skinner, shouted out Al Skinner at the end of the game, which in a really kind of cool moment. I'm not going to get into the oh Ed Cooley should have been hired by Boston College because that that is not for here or there, and living in the past and just bemoaning all this crap doesn't do anything. So, uh, just a cool moment, and I. Again, he's a coach. I know he's happy at Providence, but I'm I'm stunned. No bigger team that has a bigger budget, like a team like Louisville, that had that big you know coaching op- opportunity, didn't go for a guy like Ed Cooley. Cooley has, you know, put together a a real program at, at Providence, and like, you know, this year has obviously been like the the special year, especially given that they had no expectations going into the season. Uh, that they've gone this far. They're going to go to the second round of the tournament. They played really well. Um, 
I'm just surprised no bigger team wants to pay him more and try to lure him away. He's a very good coach, and um, you know, obviously it stunk that he never ended at BC, but congratulations to Ed Cooley. On Monday's show, we're going to have Mitch Wolf back on. We're going to start getting more into NFL draft talk with him, maybe some more Matt Ryan news. It's going to be Monday with Mondays with Mitch, our uh, usual segment that we always have now, and you'll want to check that out. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com and type in Locked On Boston College. When you find that, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't done it already, do it. It'll take you two minutes. It takes. It doesn't bother you. It helps their crazy little algorithm find um, help other people find us faster. And that would be a huge help for, for like, if you don't want to get like a premium subscription and you want to help, that's like the easiest thing you could do. So go to YouTube and hit subscribe. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all again on Monday. Take care, everyone.